Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. First up, thank you to everyone that came to our big gay show in London. I can't wait for you to hear this episode in a few weeks. It was chaos, two words, come bubbles. On to today's episode, and uh, this is going to be one of my favourite episodes in quite a while, I think. Um, We're joined by singer, drag queen and writer Tom Rasmussen, whose new book, First Comes Love, is an exploration of marriage in the 21st century, and we both loved it. Here's the big question. Does getting married make LGBTQ plus people like me normal? Ugh, shudder. Is getting married selling out to the patriarchy and heteronormativity, or is it an act of activism? We are answering the big questions with Tom on this week's podcast. And do these gay bumper stickers like love is love and love wins, do they do the job? Or should we demand our fucking gay rights, sis? Also, should you tell your friends if they're getting married and you think it's a mistake? Asking for a friend there, Dan? No, no, I'm really, really, really not. And I'm literally about to go to a wedding in like two days time so i'm really really not oh my god that's so awkward brilliant <laughs> actually i mean they're, to be fair and, and this particular couple they're already married this is this is like the post-covid wedding um but yeah no that's that's yeah i'm getting i'm digging myself a hole that i don't even need to be in send my salutations to the happy couple welcome to a gay and a non-gay Hi. <laughs> I love those intros. It's always so surreal because I've just been sat at home for like two years. <laughs> I love it. We've had like a pretty traumatic Pride Month and summer has just been a mess. Loads of Prides have cancelled. So I want to get straight into your shutdown of, as you put it in your amazing book, inane, non-threatening catchphrases that we've been using like love is love, love wins, etc. What are your thoughts, Tom? My thoughts on love is love is that like half of me is like it's cute because I'm actually quite romantic and I'm a big fan of love and you know lovers and sex and all that stuff but on the other half it's just I think it kind of is the representation of like sometimes how like un- unbelievably disappointing the sort of like so-called fight for LGBTQIA plus liberation has become, you know? And so sometimes I'm a bit like, really? An Ikea sofa? And I just, I think there's two things really. One, 
the capitalism of it all like you know never did getting rich really liberate everyone in the community for a start and then the other thing is the taste the taste level is so dull and like and so bad and I just think sometimes that's what baffles me I think I think like really we've been through so much as a people and this is what some of us come up with this lack of taste surely in my experience at least my trauma has given me taste and so sometimes I'm just like not the Ikea sofa. You know, you also say that these phrases are important because they kind of appeal to straight people and non-gays like Dan here. It helps them to understand that being queer is just the same as everyone else. But actually, it's not the same as everyone else. Oh, we are different. Since I wrote this book, there's been a really interesting switch a little bit in my mentality, which is night of freeing. Of course, again, liberation partially has got through rights that are accessed that are sort of given and dispensed by the state or whatever but as a non-binary person i can't legally get married this whole book is about marriage and i can't legally get married as a as a they them i can't you know because i can't legally change my pronoun and so if i was to get married i'd have to get married as my sort of sex assigned at birth if you will i've had to also dig out some of my internalized sort i guess transphobias because i was like, oh well i'll just spend a day i'll just ignore that bit if i got married i'll just ignore that bit and get married and I was like, hang on, no, like literally that's me being like transphobic, being like, I don't, I ex like, first of all, I exist. And second of all, the closer I get to normality and acceptance from the state or whatever, the more and more like fuming I get about how much I hate everything, you know? And I know that sounds silly, but like I have friends who are having babies, like straight friends who I love to death who are having babies. And then I go and I'm like, me and my boyfriend are trying a uh, open relationship or whatever. And they look like their head's going to blow off. And I'm like, God, I would so rather be this. I don't want to be normal and I don't even know if I want to appeal to you why should I appeal to you you should work hard to appeal to me anyway I've obviously lost it in lockdown haven't I I've obviously gone crackers but here we are no that makes a lot of sense but can I just say though for the for the avoidance of any doubt I don't like the phrase love is love I've never ever ever used it so you're not Straight a love people. is love straighty James I think so Dan what do you think would be better then do, I mean does it need to have a phrase well that's exactly the point I'm a bit like give us our rights obviously but really burn everything and i'm a little bit like a little bit of me is like just keep my name out of your mouth if i know you and i'm asking you to address me by my pronouns then address me like i'll address you but if not why the hell are you talking about me keep my bloody name out of your mouth sometimes that you know that's when i'm feeling most cynical then i obviously i'm like i love pride so I'm a, <laughs> I, but this is i'm starting to accept that i'm a contradictory person and that's okay I mean, I'm contradictory as well. I wonder I wonder if that's more a thing that happens when you're queer, but there's a lot of contradictions in my life too. What are your biggest contradictions then? He loves the phrase, love is love, for a start. That's fine. I've definitely picked that up before, yeah. <laughs> I, I have. But I've also felt that it wasn't quite getting the point. I, I feel the same as you. Like, I love the fact that we've got gay marriage. Like, just today, I was on the radio and we had a woman phone up and said that her wife was cancer-free. And I was like, wow, on two counts. Like, you're talking about your wife mm -hmm. and it's completely normal. I don't know. I'm just like overwhelmed by the fact that that's possible. Yeah. But then, but then the whole thing feels like a contradiction also. Well, I think that's so interesting. I think the older I get, I agree, it moves me deeply still. And that's probably also a lot of my more like, I mean, I live a pretty middle class life now, but a lot of my more middle class friends who are raised very middle class and in the cities they're quite like, oh, we were, we were already all anti-marriage anyway. Whereas for me, where I grew up sort of regionally and pretty working class, like 
marriage was the thing that we all did. It was the, the, the like, it was one of the few cel- big celebrations that happened in someone's life. And so for me, marriage is deep still in many ways, or a wedding is like a deeply moving thing. And then to think that, you know, you could do that is like deeply, mo- it's deeply moving to me. But at the same time, I'm like, it's fucking crumbs. 49% of marriages end in divorce. And then of the, of the le- rest left, 19% of them end happy. So I'm quite like, we get to get married, but we're just marrying into misery anyway. So like, oh, don't, I'm sorry. I've got so many. <laughs> I just constantly, it's interesting, but because c- I agree, I'm moved in the same way as you are. I'm like moved by any tiny morsel of progress for us. But at the same time, it's this slightly bittersweet thing where I'm like, it can never be enough because the system isn't, the architecture of the system isn't designed really, really to hold us. And so I'm a bit like, what's the point in putting, trying to put any trust or faith in any of this when I know I have friends and me and myself included, again, I'm trying to be like, stand forthright in that and be like, it is illegal for me to be married. Not, it's not illegal as in it's just not possible legally. And so I am trying to be like, why, why? I'm trying to ask the question of why should I want your approval when your approval, it only ever creates dullness anyway. You know, like the, those who are in the center, it's just dull. Marriage and kids, it's dull. Anyway, let's move on. I, I, no, I love you so much right now. And you keep going, anyway. <laughs> I just keep, I get to the point that I really feel it. And then I'm like, I should, I should pull this back. But, but this is all how you feel and not necessarily fact. If you're listening to this and you're married and you've got kids and you're really happy, yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. I agree with that. But your opinion is valid and your book is a journey of that. And you're figuring it out. So yeah. answer this question if you can, very briefly. Mm. Is is marriage then? Is it just selling out to the patriarchy? No, no, I'm absolutely not. And actually, I'm glad you I'm glad you said what you just said, which is which I completely agree with. Agree with because catch me on another day, and I'll be like crying tears of joy and being like, oh my god, like my friends are getting married and it's so moving. So I think no, but I do think any engagement with anything that's sort of like the done thing i think if enough questions are asked of it by those engaging in it then i think that's a way to make it livable but sometimes i watch people close friends go blindly into structures and go blindly into preset ideas without ever asking why and so then i'll say why and then they'll say i don't know it's just like nice and that's where it gets me that's where i get very confused because I think I've met people along the course of this book who've had the most inspiring marriages. You know, it's people who have like everything normative, monogamous, had the kids, got the house, all that stuff. But say like the ways in which they've like learned and grown and cared for each other. I think to care for someone over a long period of time in a world that's really uncaring, that's a really beautiful act. I won't take that away from anyone. I think that's a really remarkable thing to achieve and do. But I just wish sometimes there'd be more cultural space or more like social space to just ask some questions. And that's what frustrates me a bit. It's presented that all everyone wants is marriage. Gay marriage was the most exciting thing that could ever happen to our community. We were done, but no one ever, we never really got to ask like, wait, hang on. Do we really want, is this what we really want of all the things we could have? Is marriage it or should it be a far better, healthier trans healthcare system? Do you know what I mean? And like, what would you rather? And I think basically, I don't know what the question was. It, the question was, is it selling out to the patriarchy? And no, that, that was... Uh, yeah, that was the answer. No. The answer is not, al- not always, but I think the only way to do that is to be asking the question. 
is it? It's a good question to ask. I'm getting married. Am I selling out to the patriarchy? If the answer is yes, question whether you should be getting married or question how can I prevent that? How can I pull my real life? Yeah, maybe we're getting going to get, we'll sign a piece of paper that belongs to the state, but what can we do in our real life to counter that? What can we do? You know, that's the kind of thing I mean. A gay and a non-gay. What can a straight person do then to make sure that by getting married, they're not selling out to the patriarchy? I think like active, constant imagination and criticism is really interesting. There's a chapter in the book about divorce, which was one of the most my most favourite to research, hardest to write, but favourite to research. And I spoke to so many divorced people of all genders and ages and sexualities. And actually one of the things that was really common across no matter what sort of place you came from was that people said the moment you get married, you go into this kind of different psychological state where you're like a team and it's sort of really hard to criticise your partner. And this was said by a shocking number of people. And I was really interested by this. So I sort of did some reading on it and I then was asking different people about it. And it's this idea that, say, if I've got a boyfriend and I'm like, oh, he's so fucking annoying. He like never does the washing. A lot of people say that that kind of ability to share with your friends those frustrations disappears once you've signed the papers and put the ring on the finger. And I think it's because the moment you criticize your partner to your friends, you're also criticizing a forever choice you've made. Does that make sense? So you then look stupid. Everything looks stupid. And it's like the stakes are too high. And so then I spoke to lots of women who were like, I found myself like washing walls. Like I was a lawyer. He would be out playing golf and I'd be like, I better wash the walls. And then this one woman said she was like, I just put the fucking like cloth down and was like, she was like, it was like an aha moment where I was like, I've, I've complete, what am I doing? Because I think I should be doing this. I have like got to this point because I haven't been like critically assessing my choices. And so I think there needs to be more space for us to like criticize our significant others among our friends, for it not to be embarrassing, for us to criticize each other and for us also ask why we're doing it. Why are we washing walls or like, especially straight people, why is the division of labor fallen this way? Why do, cause it's the, often the small things. In marriages, again, that's something I found researching. Like, why do I do all the washing? And why do I do all the cleaning? And why do I take the dog out? And why does he just work and that's it? Or like, why does he get applauded for changing the baby's nappy? Whereas I get nothing. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Dan and I have a very similar kind of feeling on on weddings, I think, but from a different place. And everything you're saying is it. But listening to your audiobook, you actually made me want to get married more because I was asking more questions than I'd ever asked before. Mm. And so it wasn't just a, oh, I can't be bothered with that. It was like, oh, but I, I could do that and I could do this. And I think right. the most important thing to realize is for gay people, one of the moments that really st- stuck out to me is that in the 80s and 90s or beyond that when your partner that you love was ill you wouldn't be given access to their bedside and they'd have no rights to the house that you might both live in and financial stuff and so getting married is a is a great yeah. way to sort of stick your fingers up at the government and say this is the person i love and so i love I that but i don't like any of the bullshit that straight people prescribe to when it comes to like the role yeah. of the woman or the man and that you have to have yeah. kids and you have to do this and you have to do that. But I think it's interesting because I do think those things also arise in a gay relationship or a queer relationship too. And I agree today, 2021, what can you do to take care of yourself and those around you who you love? You can you can claim as many rights as possible. So exactly the right to walk into a hospital room. There are these stories still 
in certain states where like it's not legal and the marriage certificate might cure the issue in that moment but really what needs to occur is social change isn't it but then again by having gay marriage that's influencing social change because children are learning about gay marriage at an early age but you're right you know take as many rights as you fucking can yeah and you're right too you're exactly right and i agree with exactly what you just said if i'd have learned about gay marriage in reception which is when kids start to learn about marriage which is also fucked by the way why the fuck does a kid need to learn about the way you partner yourself off forever at four just no just let it like let it play with dirt for god's sake i don't know about you james but i would be in a different i'd be a different person now if in reception someone had said that someone like me could get married and that would have been a rhetoric all the way through school, I'd be a different person now. Make sure you follow us on socials. We're at GayNonGay and you can support our podcast. Visit GayNonGay.com forward slash donate. We're taking a super quick break. We're back with the fabulous Tom Rasmussen next. When someone tells you that they're getting married and you don't think they should, what is, <laughs> because like, you just know it's not a good idea for them, what's your reaction? I always am like, oh my God, wonderful. That's such wonderful news because there are things in the world you can't ask questions about. You can't ask questions about kids. You can't ask questions about marriage. And I think that's fucked. People don't celebrate every choice I make. Anyway, sorry, I'm such a miserable... No, 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 that's completely true bitch. because also I feel like... I just don't say things sometimes for fear of looking like I know it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. What, oh, so some growth. Wow. <laughs> James, I'm obsessed. <laughs> that was such a funny response. <laughs> wow. Shade. Well, also, like, should you not just let people go on their journey? Yeah. Like, if they're going to get married and it's going to go wrong, is that not part of their growth? Is that not who they need to be? Depends how it's going to go wrong, though, doesn't it? If it's like, if it's just because they're fundamentally wrong for each other, fine. But if it's like a harmful situation, but that's obviously different, isn't it? That's not what we're talking about here. But yeah, I, I yeah, kind I of agree with else. I kind of agree with James. And also, it's sometimes also about being like, how valuable is this friendship to me? Because I've had this before where I'm like, oh, my friend's boyfriend isn't he's horrible. He's not like, I yeah. would always speak up, I think, if I thought something bad was happening. But more like my friend's boyfriend is like dread. They're always going to choose the boyfriend. They're always going to choose the husband. So it's a, probably a good way to get out of a friendship, actually, if you want to, want it to end. To be like, I think your husband's gross. <laughs> and they're quite like, never see you again. You're like, oh, thank God. But uh, luckily, I've never had that. But more like, I think, yeah, actually, I did it. I had a partner. I had a partner who was amazing in many ways, but was very, we weren't right for each other. And, and he didn't get on with my friends. And they asked me and told me this and I shut my friends out and I, before I shut him out. And then obviously the relationship ended and, you know, my friends obviously took me back in and he and I, you know, are civil. I think he's really an amazing person in many ways, but it's interesting. I think I, no question. I was like, they're all bitches. (laughs) You know, I wasn't like, maybe they're speaking the truth and looking back, they were speaking absolute truth. So you've got to, as James says, you kind of got to make the mistake. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. 
Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I don't know if this is a thing in, in gay culture, but in my world, it's quite common for you to actually not know or never actually meet your mate's girlfriend. What? Do what? You, what? I can think of several good friends who, like, I, I only ever meet up with them and they never bring their missus for whatever reason. Are they hiding their missus from you because they're embarrassed about their past? Because I've had a friend whose best mate refuses to introduce him to any any girlfriends and that's because he's scared that he'd out him as being, like, Right. A hoe. Loads, of, loads and loads of my friends haven't met my girlfriend, who I've been with now for 10 years. I've, admittedly, for three of them, she's lived in a different country. But I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But I just thought that was interesting. Often in the queer community, everyone just kind of knows everyone. And then like every, you know what I mean? It's always that. So really, there's no escape. There's ultimately no yeah. escape with us. One of my friends got married to a man. And the wedding was the most heteronormative wedding I've ever been to. It was almost more straight than any straight wedding I'd been to. And I was really triggered by it because i felt like they were just trying to be normal and trying mm. to prove something that ultimately led in their breakup and they still love each other as friends but i think they were trying so hard to accept themselves that they sort of went down that kind of patriarchal path of getting married it's really complicated isn't it and you one can't be blamed i don't think for essentially not yeah not knowing but that's really interesting it's really so does getting married make us normal as queer people this was a big debate i had and i'd felt a lot of weird shame around the fact that i really wanted to get married and i felt specifically shame around my most queer friends and then i was thinking i did a lot of thinking in my book when i was writing my book which was like i'd always assumed marriage is the same as love and marriage is the same as commitment and marriage is the same as forever and marriage is the same as the way you structure your life. And actually what I realized is marriage is not synonymous with anything but the word marriage, right? And so marriage is, is it's just something you do. It's something you are perhaps, but it doesn't and it shouldn't. And the problem is it does dictate the way we live, right? And so whether I got married to my boyfriend or not doesn't mean that, you know, we're in an open relationship and we have a really naughty dog and we like i don't know we some of the parts of our life are really fucking normal we we also live in some like very strange sort of like artist come squat that's on a train platform in south london like so no the answer is no i think getting married doesn't make you normal but i do think if you're going to do it you should ask some questions about why you're doing it. That's basically it. So Tom, what are your top three questions to ask oneself if one is to get married? Why am I doing this? And if your answer to that is it's because what we do is because it's what we do, then ask why of that too. Question two, I think is probably, do I really want this? That doesn't mean that if you say, no, you don't really want this. You also, that does not mean you don't want to be with your partner. That does not mean you don't want some sort of like long-term formal commitment. That does not mean any of the things that we all think it means, which is like, I have seen really good relationships end because one person wanted marriage and one person didn't. And what's really upsetting about that in terms of like a love scape is that they were the two the couple i'm thinking of were like a remarkable couple they were together through all their 20s they taught each other really amazing things about life and politics and they also hosted a really really good house party but what happened was they yeah fundamentally couldn't get past this thing and then it was like if we can't get past this fundamental block 
what are the fundamental blocks we'll not be able to get past and then I remember at the time being like completely agree oh my god and now I'm like what a tragedy anyway that's the second question is this what I really want because is it and if it is then great if you really know that but if there's even like a, a glimmer of something else you want why not try and explore that why not try and just ask a few more questions of that why not Right. And then the third is if I can't ask the questions that I want to ask to my partner, then is this the right relationship for me? Because the point is, say if I'm like, I'm getting married and then I'm like, is this really what I want? And then it's like, it kind of is, but also maybe I would like to see with other people. If that's what you want, but you can't even just speak to your partner about it and agree. Maybe the agreement is it wouldn't work for us. And it's kind of has to be a trade-off choice between either you seeing with other people or us being together then you are equipped to make the right choice. But I just worry, and I'm probably naive. I know life doesn't just work in that way, but I just think, I just don't want to get to be even 10 years older than I am now and be like, there's a lot I wish I'd done and I didn't because it was just uncomfortable to bring up. And I think a lot of people slip into that. I agree with so much of what you've said and I've seen so much of this stuff happen. And I'm a terrible actor. I literally cannot act. So when, <laughs> when I have to pretend to give people, congratulate people, I just can't do it. Um, so I just avoid them. <laughs> yeah, you just like RSVP now. Like, James, I think it's interesting though, because I think you're more, from what it fe- feels like, but maybe I just am reading you through Zoom. I feel like you're more into third year of marriage than maybe Janet is. Oh yeah, he is definitely. Which I love. Yeah, I think, I think so. that's real. I think that's wonderful. I really think it's But really I think wonderful. I see it as a protest. And I guess Dan and maybe other straight people, if you haven't woken up to it, and and you you aren't just like going along with it because that's what you should do mm. then i imagine you have gone like why are people doing this um but for gay people it's like yeah. oh i can do that yeah so i probably should do that and also it feels like well it's like a rite of passage it's like look i'm gay and i can get married mm. so fuck you but it's also a way of sort of showing my mum that i'm happy 100 which is fucked up no it's but, not you know, fucked up. I, it's not fucked up i think it's a, i think if we're trying to find actual valid reasons for getting married sometimes i think we just have to concede that in real life it's okay to want to make your family and your parents happy that's what i want to more than most things which is probably not the most unfucked up thing to say it's a bit like well why liberate yourself but it's actually like but i do i want to make my mom happy and i think it's interesting what you said a minute ago about your mom being talking about someone that going open in their marriage and then the power sometimes of exposure on that level is like world changing like if i was to get married in front of my mom and all my friends it would probably have a great impact on what they imagined their children could do do you know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm going to go in and be like some Jesus-like savior and be like, look at what could happen. But I know for a fact that not a single one of my best girlfriends from home has been to a gay wedding. And to see that and then to raise children, that changes things. It does. I agree with you. A gay and a non-gay. Diary of a Drag Queen is a ride. I love that too. Yeah, it is. It was a ride. It's. I love that book. I mean, I really wanted it to be about fucking and sex and i really wanted it to be about the messiness of young being a young queer person um it's so that was so that's still so important to me as like a queer person like the first to, to unlearn all the shit stuff the world has told you about yourself through like touch and sex and also to feel that thing of like i'm having better sex and more sex and more weird sex and more radical sex and like all of my straight friends even though they've been given everything on a platter they've been given the world I get to do this. How wonderful. What power. So that's what that book was about. But I'm glad you think it's a ride because it was intended 
to be a ride. And you also, and this is, I, I guess this is a lot to talk about in a podcast, depending on when you're listening. You did a number two for money, which is something that Dan and I have had conversations about at length. It was not me who did a number two for money. It was a friend of mine who still does number twos for money. It really? wasn't me. It sadly was I did a number two in a KFC in that book, which is a, a longer, another long story, legendary stuff. <laughs> but the conversation that happens is that my friend is telling me about, I'd been working in this very terrible job and I had got home and then I was with a friend who'd come over for dinner and they were getting ready to go and take a dump on someone's chest, on someone's suit, actually. And they were telling me how much they got. I forget now the exact figure it's in the book, but they were telling me how much they got paid. And it was like, how much I'd be paid for like a month of this. And I was like, this is lunacy. Obviously, you take the shit on the chest for that money. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I could do I'd it. I'd definitely rather shit on someone than have them do it on me if there's a transaction involved. Yeah, I think certainly, Dan, that's what most people would say. If they had to choose, it would be the receipt. It would be the giving of a shit. You, you do that on the loo in the I, morning anyway. Well, it depends what exactly. time you go. And like, once, if you're if you're the giver, you just get up and go. You know, you've got the memory of it, but you know, I've not done it. <laughs> I've not done it, but I always say there's not much I wouldn't try once, and I still I try both once. Why not? It's a funny story. Either I love it, or I could be here being like, you know what, girls, I did it. And it was this way. I just can't speak on it, which is such a shame because it's never really no, happened. So to never me. say never, basically. Yeah, and and everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone's got their price. Well, mine is in the low. Comments. Mine is low. No, I mean, also, I what something I always think is, I'm so glad that if that's what you're into, there is a place in the world where you can go and have that happen. I think that's so wonderful. You know, if I wanted to yeah. get shit on, I could probably find someone to shit on me tonight. Just that interest. Where where are those places to go? Wow. I don't know. What would I do? Mm. Yeah. If you're like, right, I need I need to shit on someone in the next Dan, I can I can get you some apps if you want. Yeah, apps. You go to the apps. I think you might you could start probably on Grinder, but you it might take a little longer. I feel scruff. Uh, yeah, probably. recon. It's I mean it's not for me. I'm just I'm just, <laughs> just I'm asking just, for a friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm just genuinely I'm just genuinely <laughs> Love. interested. Oh my god. But yes, you're right. What an amazing world we live in where that is possible. And was your friend happy that they did this? The, the friend or... had no moral qualms. The friend had no moral or emotional qualms. They were like, it's my job. It's easy. It's really good money. I get to do what I want the rest of the time. I actually get to make music the rest of the time. And Dua Lipa's doing very well. Yeah, and Dua Lipa, she's, we don't speak anymore, but she's nailing it. <laughs> I'm so... Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. No. Um, I'm so glad we finally got this done. Yeah. We will see you soon, Tom. Yeah, it was um, a pleasure. Take care. Love is love. Love is love, <laughs> yeah. Love wins, guys. It's the first time I've ever said that it in my is, life. actually, and it was funny. But now you're a convert <laughs> and you'll say it always. And thanks for listening, babe. Do the admin and support Gain and Non-Gay? Visit gaynongay.com slash donate. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com